0: You are now about to witness the awesome, a crushing, a the U-G-S-Robinson Show Stamper! Yes, my friend. God. Welcome to version number one, one of the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stomper. I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson. A little late to the draw, slow to the stick, but I'm gonna get organized here. I got to. There we go. Ah, it almost went. Not quite. All right. I think that's about right. The poster moves, I can't help it. There we go. We're ready. All right, 118, I'm your host, EGF, Robinson. You asked for it, you got it. The best, Kiss. But before that, Bob Wiley sings this in as he has since 2007. The band is called Stigmata. The song is called Intro All of Nothing. And the record is from Calling of the Just, still available from Revelation Records on Instagram and in Huntington Beach, California, where they uh, shoot your death in a nightclub and hit your car with a hammer. Go there right now, buy it, get a whole rest of the CD. Yeah, CD, sorry. I'm on my way back to nowhere. I took my time but I could not see so clear, but I'm taking a real good look at you. I'm taking a real good look at your face. So being payback in full, always nothing. Nah, 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 nah. All right, enough of that. Um yeah, uh, sometimes I start late. And then I got to wait. And then sometimes I start early. And then I got to go. And it screws up. Yeah, I jumped the gun. I'm sorry for those of you. I know those of you are going to get here a little late because I just managed to tweet it out right before, like, like 30 seconds before I started. Uh, it's like the Spanish Inquisition. Nobody knows. All right. Yeah, hey, London's in the house. Nice. Nicely. Not too late there. So uh, first off, while I organ- organize stuff, is uh, does Dude Man want to get in right now? This is your time at the top of the hour. This is your time to uh, make with the ad hominem attacks, uh, the the pointless, baseless. It's like Boston Market. Some of you don't remember back in the day we had this guy Boston Market. And we started to call him Boston Market because we said his presence on the show was very much like somebody who, like, hated Boston Market but would go to Boston Market to complain about how much they hated Boston Market every fucking day. So we just started calling Boston Market. Man, this Boston Market sucks. This is the shittiest restaurant. Anyway, I'll see you tomorrow. So this is it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you can, but it's, it's like, you know, I've never been Moby Dick. So it's kind of nice to have a uh, Captain Ahab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Check out my boy. Right. I mean, come on. Now, why is Dunkin' Donuts always out of donuts? Or, you know, this is, happens a lot. Anyway, where are we? Where are we right now? So this is 118. And let's do some a little bit of housekeeping uh, just to give you so you don't feel like you're in the dark. Thank you, all of you, yous who donated. I got to call Ian later on. He's at the $10 level. I'm going to phase that out, like I've been saying. But I like talking to Ian, so I'm going to give him a call after the show is over. As I said I would, uh, Tommy LB, Thank you for your contribution. So it either comes to patreon.com slash the stomper or pinko, P I N K O 95014 at yahoo.com. Um, and thank God Mr. V.O. finally got his package from the uh, 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 the Surau, uh, uh Academy donation thing. Ah, I just here. Yeah. He got his package as well with the Oxball Hardcore shirt. And uh, I was just talking about Victor O got his four. He got the double CD. He got this and that. All the little goodies in the package that those of you who did. I was just told by Marty G that there is one book for the Sorrell Academy uh, 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 fundraiser that's left. I'm not pushing it. I'm just telling you it's there. Uh, Marty, because he's had to like, he chose to FedEx some of this stuff. So it it cut into his margin. But he's saying uh, for only people in the U.S., uh, the book is ninety five dollars. The last one signed with a bunch of goodies with it. Money goes straight to Sorrell. Um, don't have to. The gym has an opening now of June 29th. The idea was that if we had to wait until September or October that we were going to be done and out of business. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. So it would be nice to get the book and the goodies. It's well worth the the ninety five you'd have to pay if you're outside of America. You, you gotta email me and then I'll talk to Marty G about about it but I, I guess apparently the the uh, uh, um, uh, <laughs> uh, Kim this is uh Joe rockhead used to be an oxbow uh, oxbow uh, uh, a mascot drawn by a guy named Neil in the Midwest who I on a postcard to me about something else completely unrelated and I chose to use it back before I had to be more diplomatic with the rest of Oxbow who had too good a taste to do this. And incidentally, this was a poster from our first major European tour. You can see all the sponsors down below. And when we played in Tubigin, which is outside Tubigen, which is outside of Stuttgart, they took, you can see at the top, it says Visions magazine, which is like their spin magazine. They took this poster and put it up all over town. You know, Stuttgart, where they do the time trips. But somebody had painstakingly gone through each of the posters and cut out the penis. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you brought that up. We're going to get to that later, the, the whole penal thing. But uh, I'm sorry, my head is in front of it now. So uh, the $95 for the uh, for the uh, uh, Soral book, um, even though we have an opening date uh, of June 29th, uh, we're not going to have actual live rolling until October, lest you think we're being foolhardy. The school, the, cl- uh, the mat is divided into grids. Everybody will be assigned a grid to get into classes. You have to check in online first. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Um, you have to check in online first. And um, and then you have a dummy. Uh, and you have an assigned dummy and you drill. And the class is no longer two hours. It's 40 minutes. So it's a good stopgap measure. It'll allow me to get back some of the muscle mass I've lost since the shutdown. Cardio is way up here because I've been running like crazy uh, with a, a weight vest on and so on uphill trying but the muscle mass has decreased despite the push-ups and all that other stuff. So uh, June 29th is also 24 hour fitness. So at least to get back weightlifting. I don't mind lifting with a mask on. So that's that. So that's all the the the, the um the the, the the commercial. Oh aha one other thing, one other thing, cause uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, one other thing because um, I said I was gonna do it last week and I absolutely totally forgot um hey I, I, I put this up I put this up I put this up because <laughs> I because 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 I think you might be interested so here let's put that in the link and I don't know what happened something about when dude man came in last week the uh uh <laughs> I deleted so many of his jackass comments that the whole live chat which usually runs with the video didn't run so I don't know what happened but in any case. If somebody can explain to me what happens, like if you delete too many, they just decided it's a, a, a chat gone wild. It didn't run. I didn't know how to do it. So anyway, uh, you have uh, the baby registry there. So if you want to participate in Baby Robinson, the outfitting of Baby Robinson's nursery, I put the link. I put the link right in there. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't imagine you hardcore coterie of degenerates would be interested in helping out with a crib or a car seat. But if you want to, there it is. Anyway. Here we are at 118, and um, I have to tell you about something special that happened. Let's see if I can find it. Um, I'm going to read it. Uh, uh, i got people texting me. Uh, um, texting me. Let, let me just read you this guy's note. And you, you might find it interesting, and I found it, I found it sort of su- uh, surprising. I don't know if you know. I'm, I'm guessing you, you've heard me talk about Skull Game um and skull game was when this crazy russian israeli multimillionaire had approached me about wanting to do uh he thought blogs were big this was big. he wanted to do something a product accelerator so he's gonna pay me a whole load of jack and i'm just like yeah yeah sure i'll do it i'll do it i'll do it and the name of his company was called gamelink and i'm like yeah yeah great gamelink that, that's cool yeah, yeah oh, that, that's cool gamelink i didn't even you know i just said yes because of the money i just said yeah whatever i'll just, and only after I went in to meet with the guy and I'm walking through the office do I realize, hey, everybody's got porn up on their computers. I realized what he wanted was a blog to somehow accelerate porn sales because he, he was selling porn. Um, and, and so uh, um, so I was like, cool, I'm here. I'm going to act like I knew that already. And I talked about what I could do. And the guy did it. And we started this thing called Mac Avenue Skull Game or short for short Skull Game. And so... Um, one of the guys who, who I, I picked, to he's a heavy metal journalist, and he had reviewed Oxbow. I liked his writing. I asked him, he said, sure. So he used to specialize in the, in the anal porn, and uh, his, name, his pen name was Steely Rob. Um, so I'm going to read you what he wrote. Um, he goes, and this is in, in regards to me doing the last week's show, 117 on race. He says, Eugene Robinson is on the list of people that have inspired and enabled me in my path in music and life. I demand restitution, Eugene. I've always thought his perspectives were atypical, thoughtful, and I've respected and been fascinated by his path, as so many others have. Since we first met circa 2001, I have tried here and again to, to get Eugene to talk about race relations. He never would, always saying things like, quote, it's not about race, it's about economics, it's about class, end quote. Or he's, as he says in this podcast, talking about 117, I didn't know he listened. You know, but when he said, quote, the race issue in the United States is boring, end quote. This just made me more curious about what he meant. So finally, I'm getting maybe some beginnings, but probably no finality on his take. I'm posting this mostly for me, I think, partially for those who also dig Oxbow. Bing, bing. Uh, but also because uh, a lot of what the man says is pretty goddamn interesting if even just a little, just entertaining. I start the video at around three minutes before it's a jumble of music playing with his talking and it's a mess. (laughs) Bits I love about this podcast. Eugene is a journalist and he applies his methodology as such like in his topic on race today in 2020, he interviews cops too. I can't say how much I love this. Are racist cops a problem? Sure, are racist cops the problem? Nope, I wish they were, end quote. Uh, and that piece was gonna, I think, run this week. If I if I can finish it later on tonight, uh, Eugene talks about how his upbringing was conducive to seeing people as people. Quote: Our fantasy and our reality have become our reality. Uh, close quotes. The systematic denial of experience can be meddlesome. It can make you crazy. I think actually the quote was the systematic denial of the reality of experience can be meddlesome. Eugene's perspective on how West Indians' mindset is remarkable. Quote on the part of the aggrieved communities that I've been part of, we should be able to complain about this forever. At the same time, it's not an excuse for non-performance. At the same time, it's also something that has a wider purview, and that's of class, period, close quote. Uh, And the last quote he he, he uses goes, we keep going around and around the race thing. It's boring because as soon as you say something too complicated, people start to tune out and default to internet fighting, period, end quote. Thanks so much, Eugene, for this answer. I've been waiting around for not every minute of every day, mind you, Thanks for giving me some new perspective of what living in California versus living somewhere else is like. I think he's a California native, so um, so that's that 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 is that is you know I was like Charlie Manson once said you could two ways to get to the cross you can get dragged you can go along peacefully. Sorry to quote Charlie Manson, but uh, it was a good quote, and and it's not like I'm been afraid as somebody who goaded me into doing this. Uh, assume. Uh, you know, I, I had a girlfriend once who, who who goaded me into going to prostitutes. But <laughs> well, that's not a story for today. Uh, I guess it was because she was a prostitute. And Had you ever, I mean, she wasn't a prostitute when we were dating, but it's just getting kind of complicated. But she says, have you ever been to a prostitute? I said, no, 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 no. I, know, I like the idea if I'm going to have sex with somebody, they're really excited about having sex with me. She's oh, you're just scared. I tell you, you walk into that room. Whoever's working that day is pretty happy to be having sex with you. I was like, ah, I, I still haven't done it. She kind of got this thing. It was a dare, and a dare got out of control. But that's neither here nor there. The point is, I was goaded into doing one one seven about race, and I don't find it uncomfortable to talk about. But I just find that nobody listens. <laughs> Ha ah, no 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 no. There are no secrets. They're no see they no secrets. That's a funny take though, uh con gangish. So um so um um yeah, I got, got put me yeah. at. Oh, oh, so, I, so like I'm I'm comfortable talking about it, but nobody listens. You know, it's, it's like the guy who's that guy who killed all those people. Oh, it wasn't it's was a, it was a movie, uh Barton Fink, because you don't listen. You don't listen. And people don't, they stop listening. But then I started to think, okay, last week's show was on race. Well, let's talk about a little bit about racism, because this is what hangs up a a lot of people. I've talked before about how I don't have any time for those symbolic words, right? I've said I'm a loyal guy, but that describes an action. Start talking about loyalty and honor. These are things they say, the hustle, hustle young men away from young women. Getting to go over foreign places and die, as oh, honor and loyalty. I'm loyal, but loyalty—I don't know what you're talking about. And racism, in a weird way, is kind of is kind of one of those words, right? And, and let, let me let me and, and keep in mind—I've known a whole crap. Somebody was like saying, oh, you you, you ever been to NASCAR?" I go, yeah, actually, I have. You know, I've been all. Like, I tell you, when I went to Berlin right after the wall fell, a friend of mine, um. um he, his family had been chased out of, out of Prague and, you know, was running from the Nazis and so on. And he said at one point, you know, now he lives in Berlin. He goes, You, you, you get a nice hotel. I think Apple was paying for me to stay in the hotel. I was on a business trip for Apple. And he goes, You'll be okay. We'll get together later, have something to eat. But whatever you do, don't go walking down that way. And I go, What are you talking about? He said, Well, you know, been of, it's kind of East Berlin and there's been lots of like, Skinhead things and, you know, race And I go, OK, all right. Yeah. So he left. He said, I, I come by around 4. And I knew if I hung out at the hotel, I was just going to fall asleep, that horrible jet lag thing. I got to screw it. I got to get out of the hotel. And I walked very specifically down that way. Nothing. Nothing, right? And like the tanks in, at Kelly's Heroes, you know, I, 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 I like to be able to get out of trouble as fast as I got into it. <laughs> But at the same time, I got to see. I got to know, like the guy says in Dirty Harry. I got to know. So I have talked to people about r- racism before, and I've heard people say things like, yeah, so-and-so is a racist. But now, now let's go back very specifically to this guy, Chauvin. Chauvin. I don't know how you pronounce his name, but I find it curious that his name was the name of the guy where we get the word chauvinist from. That word was, didn't exist like 500 years ago. That's a relatively, it's a neologism. Neologism, neologism. It's a newly created word based on this French guy named Chauvin, who was, you know, largely anti-woman. So that's where we get the word chauvinist. But this guy who dealt, who knelt on uh, uh, George Floyd's neck. Yeah, it's sort of. But you know, so, uh, like Marty G at one point said, he's like, man, you're a weird combination of, you know, totally anxiety-ridden, but you know, adventure-seeking, which is kind of a weird thing, right? It's like if some guy coughs <laughs> and well before COVID, some guy coughs at jujitsu, I'm like, no, no, go, get over there. Get away from Get on the other side of the room. You know, the idea, I've often said that if somebody were to kill me, if somebody were to kill me, I'd want it to be somebody who, if you ask them the next day, you know, you killed Eugene, and that person would say, you know what? I'd dig him up, and I'd kill him again if I could. I'd kill that guy 30 times but. I don't want it to be some guy the next day, like with Mark David Chapman. They said, "Well, you know, you killed Lennon." Said, yeah, it's too bad. I really like this music. I don't want any regrets. I don't want any accidents. I the idea of an accident, I hate. I can't, I cannot abide. I cannot now. If you guys set out to kill me and he's like gunning and he feels that way and he catches me before I catch him, got me slipping. I lose. It's like a foot race. I lose. I can I can accept that. All right. So anyway, so we start to talk, the Chauvin, Derek Chauvin, uh, who killed George Floyd. Now, people say, ah, these guys are racist. And I started to think, well, is he? Because I'm pretty sure that if you talk to to Chauvin, you would not be able to get him to admit it. Now, there's a Mary Wallencraft quote that I use all the time and uh, (laughs) that I use all the time of, which I uh, maybe incorrectly attributed to Aristotle, but I want to give her credit where credit's due. And it was, no person consciously does evil. I mean, everybody's got their reasons, right? So Chauvin didn't leave his house that day and say, yeah, I'm going to kill a black guy, a first black guy. And the fact, now that he's in prison for it, I-, I guarantee you, he's like, look, my wife was, my wife who's now divorcing me is, is Hmong, you know, Asian extraction." Yeah, you no, know, I, I do not have any biases. I've had plenty. I've, I've had guys. I had a guy tell me he goes, "It's not so much that that I hate Jews, but that I love Hitler." I'm going to interview that guy on the second season of Ozzy Confidential because he said that without smiling. So 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 if Shalvin doesn't if Shalvin would not, does not, and will not in the future admit, Um, well, if the guy was smiling and he said something like that, I think to a certain degree he'd be putting me on, right? He'd be intentionally provocative. Um, You know, it, it would be some high-level meta Don Rickles stuff because he couldn't possibly mean that there was a difference between the two. He couldn't possibly expect me to actually believe that Loving Hitler is separate from hating Jews. If he smiled, it would cause me, like Gene Wilder said, he would only do Willy Wonka on one condition. And the one condition was the first time you see Willy Wonka on screen, he trips as he comes, There's this big band is playing. He comes out and he trips. And then after he trips, he rolls into like a flip and then stands up and goes, da da. and you never know whether he tripped for real or whether it was part of his shtick. And he goes, if you don't let me do that scene in the beginning, I'm not doing the rest of the movie because you have to have that kind of confusion between reality and fantasy has to persist throughout the movie. Similarly, if a guy tells me something like that and smiles, I kind of go, it's like the really Wonka tripping thing. Right? So um, Vineyard, I don't, I don't know who you're talking about. So, so, um, so anyway, so Chauvin didn't leave his house. Having this idea, and 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 you know Tom Metzger, who I've interviewed, who's the head of the White Aryan Resistance League. Um, if, if you go to his site, I, I think it'd be pretty hard to say that you could find people, many many people, many more people who. How is this sentence constructed? Uh, it's you it would be hard-pressed to find many others that are more racist. That racist seeming this guy. But this guy would also make the claim, well, uh, you know, my my wife is Mexican. How racist could I be? I'm not saying these things are mutually exclusive, you know, Uh, like some Nazi once said. He goes, we all have our favorite Jews. Right. And and yet they still. So I go, so what qualifies? What what is what is racism? Right. What is race? I mean, it's certainly nothing that it's certainly nothing that I can look at you and glean, all right? Even if you were to say something to me like, it's not so much that I, that I, 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 I hate Jews, but that, I, that I, I love Hitler. I would not comfortably be able to say that that person is a racist, why not? Because I cannot tell if in their heart of hearts, this is like George W. Bush looking at Vladimir Putin, I could see inside his soul whether he has racial animus Against a specific group, you know, I can't tell. I can't tell. I can't tell what his intent is. All the upper echelon Nazis had Jewish friends. It's like, yeah, you know, I got to take, your house, like, yeah, I got to take your job, away. yeah, You're a nice guy, but yeah, you know. So there was this weird kind of double speak going on where they understood they were real human beings, and yet. So I started to think, okay, so if you can't, if you can't pinpoint what, what, uh, um, what, what a racist is, then, then you know, if we're gonna reverse engineer our way into a discussion of race, this, it seems to be pretty necessary to be able to do that. You know? I so, said, yeah, okay, I know I beat up, um, I, I know that, yes, yes, you caught me. I, I found Eugene Robinson in Bay Ridge, um, um, I found, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I found UG Robinson in Bay Ridge at after a after midnight showing of the Clash's rude boy standing there on the sidewalk. So I bashed his head in with a broken glass I, and my friends came running from the gas station, one with a wrench and one with an attack, a German shepherd. And we tried to fuck him up, but I didn't do that because he was black. Those guys who did that to my ear, would really believe that. And you know what? I believe them. I believe them. We can't, we can't, even if somebody is like hardcore, like I think in Hitler's heart, Jews were not, he was a deeply disturbed anti-Semite, but in his heart, he couldn't really be bothered. He just didn't care about them. What do they say? The opposite of, of of love isn't hate. It's indifference. Yeah. Okay. Right. No. 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 It's not. So you're getting you're getting to the point. Ryan's almost to the point. So, so I like like Descartes said uh, when he was like trying to rule out um, yeah when he's trying to rule out sensory input as being a determinant of things that you could know because your eyes have deceived you. So you can't trust them. Your sense of your ears have deceived you. So you can't trust it. So, and there's Jan, you know, get out of here. And so I'm going to say the words are, are fungible and they're totally changeable immutable. They're completely different. I might say, you know, you know, I've had people say to me, um, you know, Hey, uh, you know, I'm not gay or anything, but can I suck your dick? You know, so words are, are a slippery way to, to 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 like get your hands on anything. Right. So let's we're not going to we, we're we not going to find we're not going to find a racist. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to find racist by trying. And I didn't you know, I didn't take offense. I You know, I didn't beat the guy up. But no, I'm not into that. sorry, bro. But uh, thanks for asking. You know, <laughs> um, so words we can't we can't we can't rely on words as a determinant for anything. We can't rely on them to fire it. I can't call you a racist because I don't know. Maybe you punched me in the mouth just because I guy who stole your girlfriend. Maybe you. didn't. I don't know. Words are unreliable measure. So how am I going to figure out what a what a race looks like? Well. Let's let us get around to, to deeds. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. It's been a long time. Maybe I should rewatch American history. I, I get distracted by Edward Norton when I found out that he comes from old money and is super wealth and plus is super wealthy on top of that. He acted with uh, a former friend of mine, Andre Brower, in the movie that broke Edward Norton. That was Andre's movie with uh, Richard Gere. So I find it all too distracting to pay attention to Edward Norton. Now. And then he ended up going out. With Courtney Love. It's too many degrees. It's not enough degrees of separation, but it's like it this far away, but a mile away. You know, so so let's let's look at deeds. I don't I don't you you know we will what was it we would justify uh, the thing about the New Testament is we will justify not by works by by faith, right? So we're gonna, let's go back to the works thing. You know uh, they used to make me sing this song when I was a kid. You you, you will know. We're, You will know each other. You will. They will know. They will know we are Christians by our love. By our love, they will know we are Christians by our love. So you know, I. They. We will know that they are racist. By. But I I guess we can look at their actions. If you kill, you you disembody, you uh 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 uh, extirpate six million people because of the religion that they follow. Taking their homes, stealing all their belongings, gassing them, and turning them into dust—that is it stands. It's like qualifies as 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 race race fueled animus. I don't say the people. I don't say the people who enacted it were uniformly racist, but in the end, you know what? It does not matter how they self define. Uh, yeah, thank you. It does not matter how they self-define. It doesn't matter to the 6, pe- six million Jews who died. It doesn't matter to the six million non-jews who died. Yeah, I, yeah, they gave it to me. I, I wrote a piece about the company, and it's a gift they gave it to me. I know as a journalist, I'm not supposed to be accepting gifts, but eh, you know, I like the head so um, so it, it, it doesn't make a difference. chauvin didn't have to sit down and say, I'm going to go kill me a black guy today for his actions to be any less injurious. And in the in, in long spread of Chauvin's life on a long enough timeline, he, of course, probably has, I don't know how many people he's killed, but he probably never, if he's killed more than one, probably never intended to kill any of them. That's the nature of policing. It's a big Russian roulette wheel. You don't know. However, they did a test on men. Put in EEG, the brain scan things, little things on your head. And they showed them a bunch of pictures. And you know what they discovered about us? <laughs> and I could feel it myself. You know what they discovered about us? The same sections of our brains are stimulated when we look at nice cars. As when we look at nice looking women, presumption of heterosexuality here. So, of course, you know, theorists at this point say, uh, yeah, the theorists say, well, this, this, you know, this is women's studies theorists would say, this shows that men think of women as objects, and I, 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 things that are, are, are desirable, fill a certain bit, I don't know it has anything to do with object, objectification. And I've, I don't feel that's a bad, I, I understand, I am the subject, I understand the world as object. And that's a midway between objectifying. I don't look at a crescent wrench and my wife and think I did the same thing. <laughs> so I, I think Chauvin in, in this instance, I think Chauvin is, um, does not have to self-identify and does not have to, all that Chauvin has to do in my mind to be what people use, what people think about when they use the word racist, is have to have centers of his brain that that fire in the same way when he sees a footstool or when he sees a, 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 a mason jar as when he sees a black guy. In fact, worse, maybe I just took one of these online uh, bias tests. <laughs> both uh, Akash and I took and the, the results were uh, uh, predictable. <laughs> um, you know, she, she favored African-Americans and I favored african Americans. So, uh, but, you know, these things are like, this, this, Harvard's name, the tattoo doesn't make a difference to me. It's like, it's like, it's, it's like Dianetics for smart people. Yeah, you know, correct. So, so, um, um, yeah, so yeah, but you know, Chauvin encountered many people, many people that he could, that he could, could have uh, uh, brutalized, you know, but and I imagine he did brutalize many, but how many did he brutalize unto death? And I, I think un- enough so that if you put it out on paper or to draw it on a board or, you know, have a make a, a PowerPoint presentation, you'd be able to say, look, I don't know what this guy has in his heart but based on his actions, his works, it seems to me that he's got a predilection for hurting people who are African-American. Right? And, and, and I don't say, listen, if, 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 if you, I remember my mother once did her, when she was getting her master's, did her field work in a mental institution. And she said, one of the things about working in the mental institution is that you can't do that for more than five years. And, in fact, that's a recommendation. The recommendation is that you do not do it more than five years. Because, like I said in last week's show, what's normal becomes abnormal. What's abnormal becomes normal. Somebody runs up to you and says that, um, that Martians live in their anus. And you go, listen, Jim, have you had your Jello?" You go into the outside world, and somebody says, "Hey, you know, uh, man, it's a beautiful day, isn't it?" That guy's nuts. A, day. a couple of clouds in the sky. So the, these things are all fungible; they're changeable. They're, they, they, they. Re- but we look at the actions and the activities. And now, I, in, I, in, I'm almost finished with this piece for for Ozzy. When I interview, uh, in a weird, weird way, I'm going to mention this in the piece, and I'm going to kind of cheat it now and tell you. But a, um, I interviewed this guy. Uh, he's an a, a assistant professor at Hofstra out on the island in New York. And before that, he's been a lawyer for 39 years and a prosecutor for 30 of those years. And in a weird small world coincidence, he also prosecuted uh, the Long Island serial killer, Joel Rifkin. And, and I wrote him back and let him know after the interview. It was a phone interview. I wrote him back and said, you know, small world, Joel Rifkin got the day he got caught with a dead body in the back of his pickup truck, fleeing from the police on Long Island. When they caught him, the dead body in the back of the pickup truck was my friend, Dave's girlfriend. M- another weird story. Dave was a son of a Holocaust survivor. Terrible relationship with his father. Cause the father was terribly traumatized and, uh, yeah, no, they they they're slow walking uh, Aussie Confidential, but I got I got my whole second season lined up and I interviewed uh and they, but you know, we have a small staff. So I interviewed for this new one called Ganglands, a new podcast called Ganglands. I interviewed some cats from MS13 Friday and that was stunning and when that comes out you're going to it's it, it's it's amazing. So, uh he had a bad relationship with his father. Um he and his girlfriend took to using uh, 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 junk, heroin. And as it happens, we start using heroin, um, got to pay for it somehow. So she started turning tricks. And he stood down Houston Street where Rifkin drove through and, you know, fundamentally pimped his girl out. She got into the car and she died. She was murdered by Joel Rifkin, Long Island serial killer. This guy prosecuted the case. Well, and I said, what you don't know, of course, is that Dave was so guilt-ridden afterward, post facto, that um, that he killed himself. So that story doesn't have too many uplifting factors, you know. So from 1933 to when I think Rifkin was caught in the, in the ni- late 80s, early 90s, and then Dave killed himself after, it was pretty, pretty shortly after that. So. I don't I don't need I don't need to stand like that kid I was saying when I was a lifeguard and I hear smash, clash, smash, clash, and I come around the corner and the kid's got a t-shirt, his t-shirt like folded, and he's got rocks in the t-shirt. And he's got a rock in his hand, and I see the windows broken, and I and I say, Quit breaking the windows. He goes, I'm not breaking any windows. Got a rock in his hand, got rocks in his shirt. And what the kid was saying is, you know, um, you're making causal connections that, that don't necessarily uh, um, exist. Chauvin, if had had there not been protest, would have gone home and gone to bed that night and said, You know, people saying I'm a racist. No, I'm no racist. You are making causal, causal connections that don't exist. And what I'm gonna say now, when I start to analyze racism, finally, I go, that portion of the discussion is unnecessary. Because it's somebody, somebody. One of you, one of you, just mentioned in the comments. Uh, uh, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I can't get get back up to where it was. But you said I, this person is clearly already a damaged actor. So expecting some degree of exactitude from his self perception is pointless. You expect him to have a road to Damascus moment where Saul becomes Paul, and he suddenly goes, "Ah, oh, yeah, you know what?" man i guess i i am motivated by racial animus i've never liked black guys and did you see i i tweeted out this week that uh, academic study that supports my penal contention about 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 the roots of racism who's going to admit that to themselves who 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 people we're not nearly transparent there's a difference between admitting stuff to yourself they're kind of different levels. Do you bullshit yourself? Do you bullshit others? Do you admit something? Do you embrace stuff about yourself? It's asking a lot. And there are a lot of bodies behind that. I don't need it. I don't need Pol Pot to go, ah, you know, you know, maybe uh oh, you maybe I didn't have to kill those millions of people. I, I had a bad couple, I had a bad run. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. That was, this was, this was creepy. This was creepy. That was a little creepy with the glass, but I don't want to get into that. Uh, I'm going to start, I'm going to have to come up with a name for him because the attention to horridge is just too much. He and the bald one, it's just too much. I can't, they're like Madonna, the desperate need to be part of my mindscape every day. I cannot stand it. Yeah i like sappy or sippy so finally i think this is what this is what i responded to if we can't find anybody and even the even the racist who identify as a racist i also interviewed this guy i mean i've been having a whole interview this guy uh, last week for another piece that i think runs in a couple of days which i'll tweet out his byline is on not mine i was the editor who was a member of the ku klux klan was a grand dragon in, in indiana had a road to damascus moment when when the Klan said that they wanted him to be part of their Christian identity outreach thing, and so he started reading the Bible, that he could see that they were twisting Scripture. He didn't like that they were twisting Scripture, and he was like, well, "This is wrong." And he got out. And he goes, "They've been—they've tried to assassinate him three times since he's gotten out." I don't need—I don't need many more guys like that. I've had people, I, you know, come out and say, "Look, yeah, okay, I'm a racist. Yeah, that's right." But the comedy is that they're telling me that. And some of you who follow on Twitter saw, saw me kind of get into it with, with you way. And it's like, you know, it's like, and, and it, it, was, it was an unfortunate uh, kind of timing. Not just because of Floyd, but because somehow, somehow, in a, for the past two weeks, every single friend I have who is a Trump person, and this number is about 12, has sought me out. I don't I don't know why, and they and at least half of them came with that puerile something that they picked up from the alt right, which I think I think they think is funny. Like, ha, ooh ha, ha. You know, I remember voting for Obama, and I don't remember spending eight years going ooh ha, ooh ha. This is all echoes of Trump being made fun of at that dinner. And finally, I was like, dude, bro, there are places where you can go where there are people who think like this and like it on re- well, actually, Reddit yanked their group. What, what are you bugging me? I, I can't validate this. I can't validate this worldview. Like, you know how I feel about this prick from the 1970s in New York City. Longstanding. I understand that he's not. So, you know, Yue was going was going, we're going, we're going uh, 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 back and forth. And I just finally said, hey, bro, you got to realize this is my Twitter feed, man. I love you guys. Once you cross a line for me, this is where my loyal. Now Eugene being loyal. I get into loyalty. You cross the line and become friendly. We're there. You have to really fuck up for me not to for me to back off of that. But it doesn't mean I'm not going to get annoyed. And at 1130 at night, when you're telling me that some 16-year-old kid who got beaten up in the Bronx, ah, he had it coming. Hey, bro, fuck. I was a 16-year-old kid in the Bronx. I mean, I live in the Bronx, but I went to the Bronx. Of course, in the 70s, New York cops were great. They didn't give a shit. course the crime rate was also through the roof that was another story the crops were also on the tape the nap commission and all that stuff cut down on police corruption and the guys then you know then it got kind of sucky to be a cop yeah i had to i said you know you realize these social media is like the world's most uncomfortable party because you got i mean you guys don't know necessarily but i got my mother on there i got my kids on there i got i i got Bosses, ex, I got employee. I got you know. So I just had to say, look, yeah, you were, you you told me that you don't like black people. You have told a black guy that you don't like black. People. You have told me that you don't like women. That's how the whole incel thing. I got it. I got all that. But right now, I'm talking about something else. Well, the thing is, and I, I tried. I tried. I've tried to explain this to uh, one of the Trump people who saw me out is uh, uh, Persian, and she's got the Trump-Pence sign on her front lawn, well, live and let live. We're, we're, I've known her from Gold's Gym from the from the 80s. And then she writes and says, ah, you know, uh, the, I'm glad you haven't said anything about this Black Lives Matter stuff. That's so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and I was like, I actually don't think it's ridiculous. Like, like uh, Che, uh, who's that comedian, Michael Che. He's like, it's not like black lives matter more, it's just like black matters. He goes, it just comes out, matters, It's a very funny bit he does. We can't even get to to matters, can't get to matters. And I'm like, eh, whatever, I don't, uh, we have a difference of opinion, I'm cool with that. And then she happens to be bicycling downtown and she writes me and says, oh, it's the funniest thing. It's so cute. I'm getting these really hard look from these girls. And I'm looking at your daughters. I go, well, why would they give you a hard look? They said, well, you know, I have my Trump hat on and my Trump vest on. And, my and she goes, oh, it's so cute. It's so funny. You lived hard. Or like, you know, I asked my daughter what she would do if she saw somebody in a Bernie or a Biden hat. And uh, she said she would just laugh. Ha, <laughs> ha, LOL. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, well, you know, you're not going to get very far. Like last week when Dude Man called my wife a hoe, you got to understand, to me, that's comedy. I start out by saying, if you insult my wife, my kids, you're asking for trouble. But if you do it comedically, it's like, come on, come on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So um, so I I, I write her back and I say, hey, uh, if you're expecting that I'm going to that, I think that my my kids existential concerns are comedy worthy. You're actually going to be wrong, you know. And, you know, there's probably plenty of places for you to go online where you have people who share your sympathies. But this is not one. So why why seek in this moment? Why seek me out? I haven't been able to figure that out. I haven't been able to figure that out. I don't seek people out to to force my worldview on them. I'm not trying to make any points. In fact, you can't, equanimity should be the word that describes me in this instance. I'm saying that I don't think that Chauvin thinks that he is a racist. In other words, I'm not willing to cop to him being a racist. Because I don't care how he thinks about what he, who he is, I care about what he does. It goes back to QTAT. Quick time across town. People who pres- who present existential threats to me and therefore threaten my quick time across town—a phrase I got from uh, ah, Screw Magazine's Al Goldstein. I'm the one who gave it the acronym. Actually, Abe Hall, a friend of mine from New York, gave it the acronym. QTAT. Then I got to be concerned. Not because I want to argue, not because I want to LOL, not because I want to parse the finer points of crime trends in America, but because I want to get across town unmolested. I think that's a basic civil right. So I got a few pieces coming up this week where I talk about it, where I interviewed this guy from Hofstra. I interviewed a, a, a pastor of cops. And these. I'll, if you follow me at Twitter, at UGS Robson, I'll go through. But you understand that this talking about race is really complex. We did last week's show was an hour and 40 minutes. This show is not going to be an hour and 40 minutes. Sorry, I got stuff to do. Yeah, I'm going to try to do. I don't know if you've been following me on TikTok. Mr. Eugene Robinson on TikTok. I, I'm doing a little life coaching. It seems to be helpful. And I got a question today. So I'm going to have a user question. Oh man. Yeah, I got, I got a I, I've been having problems with this eye. You know that. I, I went to a doctor on Friday and she said it's uh it's 90. Uh oh good. I'm glad you saw the pep talk on TikTok. She says 95%. Um, now vision in this eye is 2025. So I'm pretty I'm close to being back. But you can see it's still looking janky, a janky, little reddish. Thank you. I'm am trying I'm trying to help. Actually, it was a work requirement to be on TikTok, but I, I came up with the the life coaching, preaching and teaching, sharing and caring. I think I'm going to expand into a cooking show as well, and I have an ASMR thing that I'd like to do. You know, the thing is the mind's a flame, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know. Uh, I'm not gonna get caught up in these symbolic arguments. Are Confederate statues racist? I don't know. But fighting, fighting a a bloody war in order to to partially in order to keep uh, um, uh, African Americans enslaved that that's that's bad acting. Yes, I, I, Stacy, I'm gonna do the cooking show. Yeah, I gotta figure out. I, I mean, Kasha wants me to put them on 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 YouTube, and I'll figure. Maybe I'll figure out how to do that right after the show. That's the, maybe the first order of business. So you know, it, it, there's a symbol. I don't have time for symbolism, but statues, Confederate statues, are symbolic. Which means I can live with them being torn down just as easily as I can live with them not being torn down. Oh, I got, I got money. I got, I got, I'll do one on money after that. So, so, um, so, uh, you know, I said, you know what? I'm going to tear that, I'm going to, te- what do you say? I'm going to tear that statue down. Ah, nah, that statue represents, oh, I didn't ask you about all that, your history. Suppose it's a statue of a goat or a, or a, or a turd or you know, oh, man, you don't care about that statue. You don't care about that statue. And you're not caring about that statue makes me want to pull it down because you're dying on the sword of some symbolism, honor and loyalty that these words mean nothing to you because they mean nothing in general. I am loyal. I don't know what loyalty is. I am honorable, but I know what honor is. Yeah. Right, I, I leave symbols to the symbol-minded. That's very funny. <laughs> I got to call one of you. Who, if I'm supposed to call, I'm I'm killing that feature because I I'm I'm bad on the phone. I I, I got I'm gonna call Ian. That, but I'm gonna call Ian. Then I'm gonna look at getting the uh, TikTok on YouTube. And then I got people harassing me on the text, so I get it all done. <laughs> so Ralph crammed it. So um. In other words, all of this fake stuff, you know, honor, loyalty, these things that, that are meta-ideas. Like we talk about the platonic triad of beautiful, good, true, and how it in, infests the, the sense world. Well, we do the opposite when we, we kind of go out into, into the realm of eternal ideas and we start to look at these macro trends, honor, loyalty, and they feel like things that really mean something, but they, and they motivate us to do all kinds of amazing shit but in actual fact, it also motivates us to do really pointless, stupid stuff. Tear down the statues. I'm crap. But I, I, honest to God, have zero feeling for any statue. I have statues that I like, I have arts, works of art that I like, that I feel really strongly about, that I like them. And when and when, you know, the Islam Brotherhood or whoever those cats were, I forget now at this point, were are blowing up these classic works of art in the Middle East near the Tigris Euphrates in Scott is where a whole host of the 275,000 demons who were cast out of heaven or chained up at the juncture of the Tigris Euphrates, exerting a demonic influence throughout the region. Don't know. See, this is what happens when you get the symbolic stuff. I was kind of sad. No, 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 no. In the military, you have honorable, loyal, lo- loyal men and women. The marketing department calls that honor and loyalty. But the real deal are the men and women who exhibit these qualities. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, sorry, it was ISIS. It was ISIS. This made me sad. But mostly because nobody was advocating for these things. And, and you know, in my street mind, there wasn't bothering nobody. However, the fact that these Confederate statues are bothering somebody, fine, tear them down. I'm not gonna spend any minute of my day arguing about it because it keeps me from making what? QTAT. Can't make quick time across town and stand here gonna argue with you about some 200 year old statue that nobody gives a shit about, except for you apparently. And you didn't give a shit about it until this guy said, let's tear it down. It ruins my day. It has a negative effect on my subconscious. Not only my subconscious, my, my my very existence, maybe. So we're talking symbolic here, but there's stuff that doesn't need to make it to the realm of eternal ideas. Uh, the white supremacy. This is also some kind of symbolic thing. You know, I you know, some one of you tweeted me this picture of the guy who's at one of these demonstrations and he's got a bad case of gyno. And he's pasty and somehow thought that being shirtless made sense. And he's got the swastika tattooed on his chest. And I was like, man, I felt sorry for that guy. Because that guy's been done dirty by the system. And this is it. This is the bottom of the hole, right? This is the bottom of the hole. And this is this last little bit of significance. Um, some, the cop is asking me, you watch the video of the Atlanta shooting? I haven't. Yeah, but the thing is when we talk about loyalty as a as a as a supra group, things get confusing. But when I tell you I'm loyal, you know exactly what I mean. It means that the likelihood of any given day of me fucking you over is very low if we're friends. So um, so I'm not I'm not concerned, I'm not concerned with the stuff on the tree. The lights, the tinsel, the jingle balls, the deer—concerned about all that stuff. The angel hair, the confetti, the candles—whatever people put on their tannenbaum[s], their Christmas trees, whatever they put on those—I don't care. In fact, I, I care maybe more about the tree, and maybe to be more specifically, more specific, the, the roots of the tree. Now that i care about that i care about because kasha and i uh, um yeah exactly exactly yeah 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 and that's where it gets dangerous because it has to do with selfish i i can just base it on 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 my actions and that helps yeah yeah that's true in military you don't have time for that and that's why i'm not a cop when they ask me that really difficult question about whether i shoot a woman with a gun And I kind of parsed all these different ways. It's like, you know what? We're not hiring Plato here. We want somebody who can get this job done. So according to my cop friend, the one who just texted me, I guess I should. The deal is I should have gone back a couple of times and that's what they want. So, you know, I'm not I'm not these arguments that people want to have with me and these discussions that they want to have. I can't have them. I can't have them about you know but you got these facts and these figures and you know you got in the media is I, I can't have them because all I see uh, all, I see I, I see things in symbolicless colors right Like you know one of the cops I interviewed said you know more white people shot by cops in America than black people even allowing for the different numbers and population trust. I don't care. My perspective is global. You know, you know how many how many people were shot by cops in Honduras? My God, one of the worst crime rates ever. And you know, generally, 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 this police force that was formed to catch runaway slaves back in the eighteen hundreds. You know, generally, other police departments don't. Have, let me let me let me explain something to you. Um, and some of you who are already in other country you don't understand the glee with which i have been stopped by cops in other countries not their glee my glee (laughs) i got stopped going into nuremberg in nuremberg i got stopped on the book tour by some uh also going into nuremberg by some highway patrol uh a german highway patrol I don't even remember. I was just so happy to talk to somebody. You know, you tour alone, it's it lonely out there. I was just chatting with the guy. He's like, Well, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm on a book tour. And here's the I open up the trunk, here's a book. You should buy a copy. I start, and then they all try to get away at that point. And I go, Look, you guys got a tough job. I'll give you a book. I'll give it to you a wholesale. Just one book, take it back. The guys, like, nah, nah, don't I said, come on, get my- <laughs> come on, you know. Uh no, 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 I'm just saying. I'm saying in Honduras, the general role of police is not to is not to murder the citizenry that it's hired to protect. So when you tra- go globally, you know, I mean, I got I got people I got people now contacting me from Germany who are worried about my well being based on what they he- hear in the news. My well being, because it's not outside of the realm of possibility that the police force. Wherever I might be, might say, Hey, you know what? I didn't leave my house with the intention to kill this black guy, but you know, maybe Eugene had his music too loud, didn't to hear, and then putting lights on. I go, It can't be for me. I'm just gonna keep driving. They pull me over, and now my life is in peril. Yeah, the hard sell. <laughs> exactly. Man, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Being stopped by cop. If you didn't know that you should do everything within your power to not get stopped by cops in Mexico, you shouldn't be in Mexico. A friend of mine, Steve, is in a, uh, uh, who, who spoke English, this was great, spoke English with a Mexican accent, but didn't speak Spanish. <laughs> His parents said, we don't want you to speak Spanish. They were from Mexico, so he grew up with people, people who spoke accented English, so he sounded like he was from Mexico when he couldn't speak Spanish, got stopped by the cops in Mexico. They took him to the interrogation room and they kept going to the bathroom. And each time they went, to, there's, a, there's a desk chair. And each time they went to the bathroom, they came back out with fewer clothes on. Shirt unbuttoned, untucked in, belt loose, zipper open. The trend lines on this were bad. They were making a point, and that point was, you know, that point was, uh, you know, because they didn't believe that he couldn't speak Spanish. They thought he was being funny. That's a bad day. And I don't think any of us are paying for that. Yeah, I'm paying for you to keep from somebody from breaking in my house. I'm not paying to get raped in the interrogation room. These are very different things. So anybody who wants to have this discussion because they feel – they feel that maybe I'm targeting them with a symbolic brush that 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 makes it feel like they are being called a, a racist. I don't give a shit about all that. If you're aiding and abetting things that will keep me from making quick time across town, I, I don't need any more. I don't need any words to have a word for that. I, I don't need any. I, 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 don't, I don't. need. I don't. I don't need any words. To define what that is to make for it to make sense to me nor to explain to anybody else or i can use words that i feel comfortable with that guy's a piece of shit nobody doesn't understand that i can go many places in the world translated in that language everybody understands what a piece of shit is you want to get political and start saying, "Well, that specific piece of shit is racist." I don't know anything about that. I'm not going to get. Ho- I'm not going to slow down my time across town to play semantic games with you. I don't have the time. So racism, eh, whatever. I don't know. But when I see all these pricks at Bone Appetit and I think either Architectural Review, or Architectural Digest, I can't remember, had some kerfuffle. And then afterward, they, and then the woman at ABC News, this executive, and then the guy from, from the New York Times, and they fire these guys, and they're like, oh, 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 uh, uh, you know, if we only could find more talent. Yeah, I got a drawer, like I said in my tweet. I got a drawer in my house that has my awards in it. The, the five or six Maggies I won, West Coast Magazine Awards for Code Magazine. The, the Aussie, actually, uh, Folio magazines Magazine Award for, for best new publication for Ozzy, or just I can not go through the SPD Society for Professional Designers, or 2014 Online Journalism Award for uh, the Eugenius the Online Commentary. I can go through all this stuff, and yet they can't seem to find me. Thank God Ozzy exists. That's all I gotta say. So um so I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not playing the game. I'm not playing the game. I let people, I let people everywhere else argue about, I mean, and this is, goes back to the Eddie Murphy story of last week where he said, you know, it's like living in the fucking twilight zone. I have no distance at all. If it smells like a piece of shit, it, it it feels like a piece of shit. If it tastes like a piece of shit, in my mind, it is a piece of shit. I don't I need to play any semantic games. Is it? You're a racist. No, I'm not. You're a racist. Yes, I am. Why am I racist? Well, you're a racist because you did that, 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 that. Save that. You're wasting my time. I got stuff to do across town. But when I see a million dead in Cambodia, I know what that is called. <laughs> no, thankfully, thankfully, I've not I, I I've not been on the wrong business end of that equation. The shit one. Um. Got six million people, twelve million total dead. Smoked up your chimney. Then we got something to talk about. Put your knee on somebody for eight minutes, forty six seconds still dead. You, You know, you will know they are Christians by their love. You know, worked with judged by the acts, not faith. Now I say faith, but not acts. But this is where we got caught up. I'm okay when we talk about things on the earthly realm. Talking about facts works <laughs> deeds and I and there's a qualification, look <laughs> so, um, I'll give you an example I'll give you an example of me playing with sort of playing with semantics um, so uh, some uh, some woman um her, her boyfriend had discovered that we were having an affair. And she was like, oh, shit, yeah, dude discovered, you know, but da 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 And the first words out of my mouth, I think, afterward were, he's overreacting. And I sort of meant that, but I, I, I also knew that it wasn't without comedic, you know, the guy had a right to be a little cranky and a little, little bit upset. But philosophically, what I was saying in, in the wider realm, things in a long enough timeline, that uh, this is an overreaction. If you cared this much, you would have done better to be a good boyfriend. That's all I gotta say. Look, and I, you know, this is life. This is what happens. You don't think it's happened to me? I I've been on every side of this equation. It's unpleasant. I know that. It's too bad. Sucks to be you in this instance. So I went macro suddenly. I wasn't looking down at the weeds. I wasn't looking at the stuff on the trees. I was just looking at the trees and the root. My the issue of my responsibility, my part in it, is 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 is, is not. He, if I was to have this conversation with him, he would bedeviled. be deviled. He would be bedeviled by what he would feel like is my refusal to acknowledge my guilt and responsibility and the destruction of his relationship. But in the end, what I'm saying is my guilt or innocence shouldn't make it necessary. My guilt or innocence doesn't it, shouldn't it make it easier for you to understand that in that instance, I was a piece of shit. And if it does, I'm going to keep playing that number. So in other words, I think maybe the, the Reader's Digest kind of condensation is that, you know, um race all right it's a construct kind of a magical social construct if i drain the blood out of all you and put them in jars i can't tell who's who can't tell who's who but racism people get heated about and uh and again as a member of the aggrieved party i should be able to comfortably symbolically use whatever words I want to describe the nature of my relationship to the rest of the world. It just gets sticky when I start talking about people who I think might be racist. And I realize it's an ineffective descriptor from both sides. However, if you want to be technically accurate, calling somebody a racist doesn't work for me. Calling somebody a racist piece of shit does. Figure that out. I don't have another 40 minutes to go into figuring that out, but it's a big difference. Like Bill Burr was saying, he was like, "Eh, you know, he's talking about racism. He was like, the placement of the modifier makes a difference. He said a a black friend of his got away with calling the Asian guy an Asian fuck. And that somehow worked. But when that guy said fucking Asian, then that became <laughs> Bill Burr was trying to figure out how did this, how did this, you know, yeah, like, you know, and I started to go through, I said, when was the last time, when was the last time, you know, a white woman had said anything to me that could be possibly construed as racist? I mean, I think the, you know, the, the, the visual impact that face-to-face personal impact of racism, I'm largely immune to it. I'm largely immune to it. It's the stuff that I don't see. Yeah. Or like when Michael Che was saying one of his transgender friends was giving him a hard time for using the word tranny. And he's like, you know, what's the big deal? You know, trans, tranny. It's just like a couple of letters. And the transgender, Michael Che's transgender friend said, okay, blackie. <laughs> and he goes okay touche point taken words make a difference everything i got here built on words or built from words so uh, you know i uh i uh i uh people are, are not doing racism it's the, the unseen racism that, that drives me crazy and, I, and i'll close with this last story All right. Yeah, 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 if the sun's up, you got to go, bro. <laughs> um and this Lester, I had a job at a high-tech company in San Francisco on 3rd uh, Street. And a nice older lesbian had hired me. Friday, she said, "Okay, you know, this is be your desk. We'll see you on Monday." And as I'm leaving, she goes, "Oh, by the way, hey, this is our CEO, and introduce CEO and the guy gets a look on his face. And I was at home. Hmm. They call me Sunday night and say, ah, yeah, you know, we're going to go another way on this. Like Eddie Murphy said, like the Twilight Zone, I don't need to know why they decide to go a different way. It doesn't help me make quick time across town to come to any assumptions about why. But I feel perfectly comfortable calling that CEO a piece of shit. And the only reason I feel okay about this whole thing is because the company is out of business. But to get to where I can tell you that story and call the guy a piece of shit, I don't need to know whether or not the guy was a racist piece of shit. I have my suspicions, but I don't know. And it doesn't make a difference in the end. A piece of shit is a piece of shit. I'm not going to get caught in semantic kerfuffle, how I'm going to describe him. And he would be offended. He would be offended. If I were to go to a party at his house and say something like, "Uh, uh, uh, um," and say something like, "Uh, uh, uh, yeah, you know, I think you were motivated by racial animus. Hey, man, who cares? Getting a nice, big, fat paycheck helps me make quick time across town. You were in a position to give it to me. You denied me. What does that make you? Piece of shit. You want me to throw in a racist piece of shit? Okay. I'll, t- I'll close with one more story, and then that's it. So I'm, I'm messing around with uh, 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 another married woman. <laughs> and uh, this, this married woman is... Uh, is uh, also, she's having multiple affairs. I don't have a name for that. And she says, well, meet me on the street. I said, fine, I'll meet you on the street. And so um, she's sitting in her car and um, her car door is open and the guy who has like the seven o'clock appointment is there in, in... in the door of the car, leaning over, talking to her. And now I, I assume that that she told that she said, "Ah, I have to meet somebody else." blah 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 I just signed a petition. You can't hear the fireworks going on? And I'm actually arguing with the people in my homeowners group here about the appropriateness of doing that shit at three in the morning, which is when they do it. So now we got a petition going around for a thousand dollars for finding people for. You know, this blockbuster. It's an M80. So I, I go. Oh, uh, here she is. Some friend of hers. I guess the seven o'clock appointment. I'm here. And so I, I go. I go and stand up. <laughs> I don't. Hey, man. I don't say whatever. So I go stand by the door. Right. So the door is open. The window is open. I'm standing here, and the guy is leaning in. And so I just stand there. Right. I'm dressed nicely. Right, I'm nicely dressed, and the guy, uh, the guy starts going like, 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 like this, you know. Like, for those just listening on the air, like I'm, I'm not looking, but I'm pushing away something, that that's ir- irksome, and and uh, and then the guy finally, he he he's still talking, and he feels me stand there, and he leans over and does this modified side kick to kick me out. And as he's doing so, he goes, I don't have any fucking money for you, man. Oh, I got so fucking hot. I surprised myself because I didn't really care about the woman naturally. Right. But, uh, and I said to the guy in my voice, I said, I will break your jaw in three fucking pieces if I get another word out of you. I thought she had a, that was a perfect time for her to say, oh, sorry. Oh, my God. This is my friend Eugene. And I didn't. I didn't need that ownership. It didn't happen. Whatever. And he was like, who? And he stood up and he's like, oh, OK, I'll talk to you later. And he walks off. Now, keep in mind, if he thinks I'm just some random street lunatic, he leaves her with me. <laughs> so did he think I was a lunatic or did he know I was at eight o'clock or what was going on there? And then she, in a, in a moment of incredible panic, pulls off. <laughs> so now I'm just, I'm the crazy guy. I'm just standing there in the side. Right? That's the mother. I go back to my car. And before I get to my car, she's gone around the block. I said, oh, my God, that guy knows my husband. I said, you're having an affair with two guys who know your husband. That's that's classy. Classy. Anyway, that's the end of the show. This is round number one. One. Eee! 118 of the Eugenius Robson show stomper I thank you for listening Tuesday Monday afternoon uh, John Nash and Steph and I do care don't care comes out Monday at noon we talk about the fight that we just saw uh, Cavillo uh, and Jessica I not I had I had three fights three cares on the card and I got two right and one wrong I ended that wasn't good enough uh, I ended up pulling up uh, a last place. John was first, Steph was second, I was third. Tuesday night we have uh, if the shoes fit, and I, I can't remember. I, I think last week we did the hip hop one. I don't think we do it this week. I don't. I can't remember. Uh, um, the schedule is, is. If you follow me at UGS Robinson, I'll tweet stuff out. These articles I mentioned. These are well worth well worth a reading when they come out, and. Uh, TikTok, follow me at TikTok, Mr. Eugene Robinson. I think I remember Robinson, or let me see, Eugene S. Robinson. But you know, I'm helping. I'm 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 doing my best to help. Uh, let me let me see. I'll figure it out before before I, I close off. And yeah, uh, hold on. Uh, it is Mr. Eugene Robinson. I have 20 followers on TikTok. So that, that's 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 what it looks like. I guess. So uh, and then otherwise let's hope we all next week's fight is is pretty good. Next Saturday's fight is Curtis Blades against uh, uh something. A guy with a name, long name. So anyway, um so try to make it till next Sunday. We'll do more MMA talk. I think I can put a put a put a a, a bow on top of this racism thing. Um and damn, man, dude man didn't show up. I should Anyway, we'll see you soon. Look what you made me do!